you give uh, another round of appreciation to Pastor Cindy for her great Easter message. Yes. Mary. Wow. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I, I nearly asked her to speak again because I didn't know how to follow that. Super. Absolutely amazing. All right. Let's get into the Word this morning. If you would, I'm pray for you. I ask Holy Spirit that you give us understanding as we study your word, give us revelation, show us the way the Father does things and Jesus does things in the way that we're supposed to do things so that we can live victoriously as God intended. Help us to hear, give us ears to hear, hearts to believe and the willingness to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So my title this morning is How to Function in and Exercise the Power and Authority Delegated to Me. How to Function in and Exercise the Power and Authority Delegated to Me. So what does this mean to you? Well, we remind you that we live on earth, this is not heaven. So while we live on earth, we're going to run into issues, problems, difficulties. You're going to have things go wrong in your life, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's with children, whether it's in your finances, whether it's in your health, there's going to be issues. The question is, how can we overcome those issues and those problems? Is there a way for us to live better in Christ than without Him? Is there a way that we can live in a more victorious way? Did God intend for us to live subsistence level, barely get along next to Grumble Alley? Or are we supposed to live in a more victorious way so that when problems come and storms come, that yes, they hit, but they don't knock us down. And there's a way to overcome. There's a way to rise above. Now I'm convinced that every single person sitting here this morning has an issue of some kind. Has an issue of some kind. Maybe you're praying about it. Maybe you've given up praying about it. Maybe you didn't know you could pray about it. <laughs> so let's, let's look at what does this mean to me, knowing that I have been given power and authority delegated to me by God. How do I exercise it? How do I use this in my life? And I believe that the revelation you receive this morning is going to help you to live in victory as God intended. So... Through this information we receive today, you will be able to stop the demonic harassment that is occurring. You won't be able to stop it forever. You can stop this one, 
And then when the next one comes, you deal with the next one when it comes. In other words, I'm saying we're not in heaven where there's going to be no demon harassment. We're on earth. So the one thing you can say about the devil is he never quits. He just keeps coming. And so we have to learn to overcome. So this information I'm going to give you is going to help you to make God's promises a reality in your life. It's going to help you to get God's plans fulfilled in your life. What does that look like? It means experiencing the will of God. Now listen, the, the, the plans, the purposes, and the will of God do not happen automatically. We think that they might because God is God and that He could just do whatever He wants. Well, if that would be true, then every single person on the earth would be saved today. Everybody would believe in Jesus and everybody would be going to heaven. But we know that's not true. Why is it not true? Is because people have their own will. They can make up their mind. Do I want to believe in God? Do I want to believe in Jesus? Do I want to become a disciple? Do I want to believe the Bible and practice them? If they don't, that's okay. It's okay. It's up to them. They can choose what they want to do. So you see, God's will is never forced on anybody. His promises and plans and purposes, as good as they are, are never forced upon you. We have to believe them. We have to receive them. We have to align ourselves with them. And then we have to do what I'm going to teach you today. All right? Are we ready to go? All right. So you may want to write down a few things. I'll put them up on the screen for you. This is the first thing I want you to, to take note of. When God wants something done, He speaks it into existence, or He has man speak it on his behalf. When I say man, I'm talking about mankind, man or woman. He has his creation, us, speak it on his behalf if he wants something done. Now, I'm going to show you the video that we saw two weeks ago. And before I show you the video, I'm going to preface it. This is a prophetic word that came from a lady in Spain. Her name is Esther. At this particular event, there was nobody from the promised church there. Nobody. She'd never heard of us. She doesn't know Pastor Cindy or me. She had never met Jody. I did see Jody this morning. Is she here this morning? Jody, okay, great. Jody, go ahead and stand. You're in a perfect position to stand so people can see if they don't know who you are. So, Jody, you're, the, you're, you're a director of that, of that uh, Christian school in Ghana. You're a director. You live here. The school is in Ghana. Okay? Thank you so much. So we, through, through Jody, support the school in China, uh, in Ghana. We provide, we provide uh, uh, finances for them to help them with it. It's a Christian school. And uh, so Jody was not at this meeting. She was invited by a couple of her friends, but turned down the invitation. In the middle of this preaching, this lady, this prophetess, stops and says, Is there a Jody in the room? And her friends say, no, but if you want to say something to her, we'll record it. So she gave your last name as well? Gosh, I don't even know it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. So she says, go ahead, and they begin recording. So what you're going to see is the tail end of the prophet speaking about Jody, 
And then she goes on to speak about us. So, lights down. I want you to watch. Y el Señor me dice que ella es una voz en ese territorio. Pero veo un lugar donde hay sillas. Y en la entrada veo una palabra. Dice la promesa. Y veo una mujer que es rubia. Y es delgada. She's thin. Se llama Cindy. Her name is Cindy. A su lado Next to her, hay un hombre con pelo canoso. With, uh, white hair. Se llama Henry. His name is Henry. El Señor me dice que hay un tiempo de visitación para ese ministerio, la promesa. That there is a time of visitations that comes from the Lord to that ministry. I see them surrounded de muchos niños negritos. by a lot of uh, little children and they are veo, of a black color. And I see this place de Africa. in Africa. Es Ghana. Ghana. Ellos tienen they have a ministry there in Ghana. Con estos niños. Yes. Y Dios me dice and the Lord says que viene un crecimiento an expansion, exponential, an exponential expansion, a growth, acelerado. that it's accelerated, the Lord is releasing a lot of for that ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many just seen that for the first time? You see your hand? That's the first time you've seen it. All right. So, you know, here's the good news. God's got your name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the bad news is he knows where you live. No, it's all good news. It's all good news. Uh, you know, that is the most accurate word I've ever heard concerning us and our ministry. Um, I don't want to get technical, but the information she gave, first of all, was called a word of knowledge. It's about the present and the past. And then she spoke about a word of wisdom, what God wants to happen. So what I'm talking to you today about is how that God put in her mouth what He wants to come to pass. Do you understand that? That's what I'm talking about today. How does God cause something to happen in the earth? He either speaks it out or He has somebody speak it on His behalf. That's what we just witnessed there. So you want to make a note of this one. God solves His problems and ours with His words. That's how he solves problems. From the very beginning, he's always spoken out the solution. God releases his power and authority with words. We have to first understand how God works. Because we need to know his ways. If we're going to be like him, we need to know his ways. How does he do things? He controls, directs, creates and establishes his will and purpose by speaking it out. That's how he does it. He speaks out his will, his purpose. He gives words. That's what he does. He speaks it out. You know the book of Genesis begins with God said, and God said, and God said, and things were created. So God said, and that's what caused creation to come to pass. Now let me show you, God is still working that way from the Scriptures. Do you believe in the rapture, the catching away of the church? Do you know the Bible tells us that there's going to be a sound of a trumpet 
And then there's going to be a voice of the archangel. And I believe that archangel is going to say, come up here. Like it was said to the two witnesses in the book of Revelation. Come up here. That is how the rapture is going to take place. It's not just going to be the trumpet. The trumpet is sounding the occasion. But people get lifted off the earth through words. It's going to be a voice. It's going to say something. That's what's going to take us off. So God is still working that way. And there's many places we can have a look and show you that it works this way. You see, everything works by the will of the Father. Remember Jesus said, I knew thee what the Father shows me. So the Father's will is the supreme will. But Jesus is the Word. So the Father wills something, then Jesus words something, and then the Holy Spirit works something. That's how they work together. So the Father, it's His will. Jesus speaks it out, and what Jesus speaks, the Holy Spirit does. Remember, book of Genesis, the Holy Spirit moved upon the face of the waters. When God said, let there be, the Holy Spirit did it. When Jesus was on the earth, as the Word, the living Word, the Bible says He was anointed by the Holy Spirit and went around healing the sick and doing good. It wasn't until the Holy Spirit was upon Him to do the works that they happened, even though He was Jesus. You follow that? But Jesus said all the time, I'm doing what my Father told me, and what I hear Him saying, that's what I do, that's what I say. So the three work together. It hasn't changed. We still have the Father's will. We have the Word of God. We have the Spirit of God. And so we are right in the mix now. Jesus has gone to heaven, but we, His body, are the physical representation of Jesus in the earth. You follow me? People don't get to see Jesus, they get to see you. So you have got to act like Jesus. You know, somebody once said to me, you know, you're just acting like Jesus. I said, well, thank you so much. <laughs> the future that God desires is established by His words. Now, Jesus actually operated the same way when He was here on earth. He used the authority that He had the same way. Do you remember how Jesus stopped the storm? He spoke to it. He told it to be calm, didn't he? Spoke to the storm. How did Jesus cast out demons? Spoke to them. Said, come out. When he wanted them to shut up, he said, be quiet. And they obeyed him. How did Jesus heal the sick? With words. He spoke to them. Stand up. Stretch out your hand. Go show yourself to the priest. It was all words, wasn't it? He spoke out, the authority and the power came out of him through words. How did he raise the dead? Same way. Remember, he said to Lazarus, Lazarus, come out. Come on up. Get up. He spoke words. Now, so Jesus operated the same way. Now, the disciples and the, the, the early church did exactly the same thing as Jesus did and as the Father did. They healed the sick the same way. They also said to the crippled man, stand up and walk. They also said to demons, be quiet and come out. They also said to the dead, remember Peter turned to Dorcas and said, get up. All right? Now it's a little warm in here. <laughs> sure, it's a fire of the Holy Ghost. Can we do something about it? 
the temperature. Thank you so much. So how then are we to function in this authority, in this power that's been delegated to us? I'm just going to say two words. With words. Say with words. Now the rest of you say it. With words. Okay. So that is how we're going to... If we refuse to speak it, we won't have it. So if we're going to release our authority and we are more than conquerors through Christ, right? Amen. And we have been given the name of Jesus to use and Jesus received all authority and all power in heaven and earth. And we've been given the authority to use His name. And in His name, the Bible says that in heaven and earth and under the earth, every knee will bow. There's submission to the power of the name of Jesus. So we have the ability and the authority to use His name. But I want, you to say, I, want, I want you to make a note of this. And it's a very, very important fact. Nothing comes from us. Nothing comes from us. This is not about me. It's about Him. So He bestowed upon me and you the full power, unlimited power, of the resurrected Christ, limitless power bestowed upon us. What does it mean? He gave it to us freely by grace without us earning it or deserving it. The moment you become a born-again Christian, all of heaven's power and authority through Jesus' name and through the anointing of the Holy Spirit is available to you. You never, ever get to a place where you earn it or deserve it. So that means that every single person here today can operate in that which God has provided for us, and live in that victory that He wants us to live in. Are you with me so far? All right? I don't want to leave anybody behind. I want you to travel with me. Now, other than God and the angels, we are the only part of creation that can speak. We're the only part of everything He created. And we have been created in God's image. We don't look like God. We are a spirit like God. God is spirit. We are a spirit. You are a spirit person living in a tent, a body, and you have a mind, a will, emotions, personality. It makes up your soul realm. All right? So you are a spirit. You live in a body, and you have a personality and a soul. So you are a speaking spirit like God. There are no other other than angels speaking spirits on the earth or that we know of in creation. So we're very, very uniquely made. Now, why is that important? Because we've just found out that we release our power and authority through words. So what Satan wants is he wants you to surrender that part, that aspect of your creation to Him. He wants you to surrender the ability to speak words to Him. He wants you to allow Him to speak through you. He wants you to speak His words. And in, such, in doing so, you surrender your power and authority to your enemy. He doesn't have it. Jesus said, all power and authority has been given to me. That means somebody else has none. He has all. 
And he's given that to us by delegation. We've received it being delegated to us. So now, we use that, we use our words to bring that power and authority to pass in our life to change the things that we need changed in our life. So Satan wants his will in your life. So what is he going to do? He's going to get you to say what he wants you to say. And he's going to get you to stop the will of God in your life by you not speaking the will of God and the purposes and plans of God in your life, but rather speaking his plans. Since you have the authority to speak, if Satan can get you to say the wrong thing and to say dumb things and to say things in anger, he's going to get you to say what he wants to come to pass in your life. Are you still with me? So listen carefully. God has weaponized words. He has weaponized words so that like Him, we can establish His will and purpose for us in the earth by speaking it out. When you realize your words are weapons, it will change what you say. Your words are weapons for good or for bad. Because words carry the power. When you speak it out, it carries power. It's gone. You know, people say ugly things and they say, I take it back. How? How can you suck it back? After you've spoken, it's out there. It's doing its damage, isn't it? So the future that God desires is going to be established by speaking His words. For example, just for example, one of the issues that you might be experiencing right now is sickness, pain in your physical body. Now, I'm sharing with you that God doesn't want that to happen in your life. He wants you to get out of that situation. He wants you to be healed. How do we know that? Because Jesus died, was whipped, was beaten on the cross, and then the Scripture says that by His stripes we are healed. You got it? So now we know what the will of God is. We know it. So even though I'm feeling sick, headaches, pain, can't move, or whatever it is, even though these problems I'm experiencing in my life, I know for sure they didn't come from God. And it is an attack from the enemy. Now what does the enemy want me to do? He wants to use my words and to say like this, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to get healed. Whose future am I prophesying? Mine, but what am I prophesying? The devil's future. That's what he wants for me. Or I say something like, God gave this to me to teach me. You follow? So now I'm lying about God. Hello. The devil wants me to lie about God because when I do that, I stop the will of God from working in my life. Now God can't heal me because I'm saying he gave it to me. He's not schizophrenic. So the devil's got me trapped. And when I talk to people, they ask me, how am I feeling? I tell them. But in this situation, what I'm saying is, I talk about my sickness. That I'll probably never get healed. I say things like, you know, my parents had, this is hereditary. So now I'm starting to form my own future. By saying things the devil wants me to say. 
It's not only sickness, it's in other areas. You might say things like, you know, I'm concerned about my children. They've got certain behavior already. I'm noticing these things. And it's probably only going to get worse when they become teenagers. Wait a minute. What am I saying? I'm saying what the devil wants to come to pass in my life. I'm yielding my words to his plans and purposes. He's taken my life, the power and authority that I have, to speak God's plans and purposes, and I've yielded to him because I'm saying what he wants to happen. Could be in the financial realm. You could say things like, you know, we, we, we bought that, but sure as nuts, it's going to go down. Price is going to go down. Value is going to go down. Or I'm going to lose my job. Or, you know, things are getting more difficult. I don't know how I'm going to cope. Don't know how I'm going to cope. Inflation. Don't know how I'm going to cope. What are you saying? You're taking the plans and purposes of God that He wants to bless you out of the picture. You're stopping, you're thwarting God's plans. You're stopping His purposes by yielding the power and authority in your words to the devil who's trying to make you poor, he's trying to make you sick. Trying to destroy your marriage. So you see, it's, I mean, it is very, very important that you understand um, that we have to speak God's word out. The scripture says this in Jeremiah 1.12. I'm alert and active watching over my word to perform it. I'm alert and active watching over my word to perform it. So when we speak God's word out, i.e., I've been healed by the stripes of Jesus, or because I'm a giver, it's giving unto me again. God watches over His Word to perform it. So, both God and Satan want access to the power of your tongue. The question is, to whom are you going to yield its power? That's what you're facing. That's what you face. To whom? Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it, for death or for life. You will eat the fruit of what you say. You will eat the fruit. It's going to come back and bite you. Or it's going to come back and bless you. You, have to, you choose what you're going to say. And I, you need to understand how important this is, how valuable this is, how powerful this is. How many of you, you've all heard, heard the saying, loose lips? Sink ships. Well, you know, that, that was uh, first um, used as a slogan during World War II by the, uh, the U.S. Office of War uh, Information. And, you know, that it was an attempt to actually stop uh, people from saying things inadvertently that would provide information to enemy spies. And uh, the original statement actually was that loose lips might sink ships. But what is the message that it sends? What, what's, it, what's the message sent? Careless talk costs lives. That's the message. So let's think about this. Think about this. Your loose lips is providing your enemy with information about you that he can use as a tactic against you to bring sickness, bondage, poverty, Divorce or anything else. Because when you say something that the devil doesn't know about, you provided him information. 
And the more you say it, the more information he has that he can come against you with it. Are you listening? Watch your loose lips. Be careful what you say. <clears throat> what about this one? When you, were, when you were a child and somebody said something nasty to you, uh, and, and you would say to them, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, you know, that's not true. I'd rather have a stick or stone hit me, honestly, than the words people would say against me. Because the words cut like a knife. They go down deep. They can, they can rob me of hope. Steal my hope. You can discourage people by saying things to them. A marriage, no marriage has ever ended without words being spoken that hurt and cut with unforgiveness towards each other and finally ended it. Are you hearing me? No divorce has ever happened. The single most powerful, influential thing was the words that were spoken to each other. Should I say, drop the mic and go home now? You need to understand the power of your words. So words do hurt. Words can cut. Words can leave scars. Wounds that will leave you debilitated for your life. You will think back on what that person said, and you just can't get rid of it. It's in your mind. It's in your mind. It's in your, can't get rid of it. What they said, what they did, what they said. So words are very, very powerful. In fact, they are eternal. Once spoken, they are eternal. How do I know that? Because Jesus said you would be judged by what you have said. Jesus said, the day of judgment, your words will be played out. What you said. People who said, I don't believe in God. Well, their words will come up. I don't believe in God. So who's just standing in front of you? I don't know. You're going to find out. Okay, you feel what I'm saying? So your, your words are eternal. You have to be very, very careful. Since words, words have such importance, I think we should choose carefully what we have to say. Let me close. Proverbs 12 and 14 says, The fruit of, your, of a man's words, um, from the fruit of a man's words, a man shall be satisfied with good. So from what you say, the fruit, you'll be satisfied with good. So I say to you, make your words sweet. You're going to eat them. You're going to eat them. They're going to come back sooner or later. Here's the most significant statement I want to make, and then we'll close. This is the most significant thing about words. They either release God's power in your life or someone else, or they prevent the power and the purpose of God being accomplished in your life. They either release it, confirm it, or they prevent it. So, Satan knows this, this fact. And so he wants to make you speak out his words. He wants to get you to stop the will of God from operating in your life. Um, I'd like to share a quick testimony with you. And uh, just to show you about the, the power of words. And it was 1984. We were living in um, a little, 
little town called Virginia in South Africa, and I was pastoring a church there, Word of Faith Church, and uh, we had just built a new home, and we needed water. It was very, very dry. It's very dry, a lot of thorns and dusty and mine dumps and stuff out there. It's just So what happens is that people drill in their, their yard for water. They get a water diviner who comes along, finds the water, and then they drill, and then they put in a pump, and that's how they get water. So I decided, being a Christian, that God knows where the water is. I'm going to ask Him. I'm not going to get a diviner in to come and I'm going to ask Him. So I was walking around outside the house, and I said, Lord, um, where is the water? I want to get, you know, drill a hole. And I heard clearly, I heard clearly, it's under your house. And I go, that's not good. That's not good. I can't get it under my house. And then I heard, where do you want it? And I go, wait a minute, that first voice wasn't God. That was the devil trying to stop me. He's trying to stop me getting what God wants for my life. Words came to me. You can't have it because it's under your house. You can't have it. I could have stopped right there and I could have walked away and go, oh, well, that's it. It's under my house. And I would have confirmed with my mouth what the devil had said. It's under your house. So I said, uh, excuse me, where do I want it? What do you mean? You're going to make it now? How are you going to make it now? I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm talking like this with, the, with God. And then I go, you know what? Let me go find a place. So I walked around the yard, and I found a very convenient spot. This would be a good spot right here from the pipes can come out and go all over the yard. This is a good spot. So I'm standing on the spot, and I hear these words, decree it. And I thought to myself, <clears throat> okay, I've never heard this decree it, which means speak it out. That means speak it out. And I go, ooh, gosh, I hope nobody from my church is watching. <laughs> and while I was thinking about this, this scripture came up into my heart from Job. Look at this scripture. It says, you'll decide. I'm waiting for it. Here we go. You shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Leave that up. You shall decide. God said to me, where do you want it? Don't leave now. Where do you want it? And I found the place. Then he said, decree it. Speak it out. So I'm standing, I'm thinking, you actually want me to speak it out like it's going to be created now. You must understand the dilemma I'm going through. Because I'm thinking, this is a little far out for my faith. You know, people say, you can't create anything. No, obviously I can't. But I'm standing on something God says, say it. So I decreed water between 150 and 180 feet deep underneath us. And then I called the drilling company to come and drill. So they came when they got there. He said to me, who showed you where the water was? Now I'm in a tough spot because, you see, they, they all know each other. They all know the white. And if this is a good water diviner, he'll know he's going to find it. So I said, nobody. I chose the spot. Honestly, I, th I thought I saw dollar signs in his eyes. I'll make money from you, baby. <laughs> Start drilling. So he's drilling. He's going down with his drill. And it's costing me a lot of money to go down. He's drilling down 100 feet, 100 feet going down. In the meantime, I'm working in the yard. I got my shirt off. It's on a sunny day. But I'm working like one eye open and one eye looking at him. Because I know the Bible says, watch and pray. 
So like I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm like half anxious because this is a lot of money already. We had 150 feet. Well, we struck water right at 165 feet. It sprayed out from out there all over the place. They put a pump in. There was an 80, 80 foot lake underneath there. And we put a pump, it pumped 1,000 gallons an hour. That was the year 84. When I went back to visit the year 2000, it was still pumping 1,000 gallons an hour. God created the water. Okay? God created the water. So you need to understand that you may have to push your faith a little further out than you've been before. You may have to start saying things about your health and your finances where you're feeling a little like I'm on shaky ground. But if, it's got, if you've got God's word for it, you can say it. Now, I have a painting that was given to me by Andrew Lindsay. Uh, for this particular occasion, I want to show you what it looks like. Can you put up the picture, please? There was an artist rendering uh, of a house. I wish it was that much. It wasn't that much. It created a river with the scripture on it, Job chapter 22. And I thank Andrew and Lindsay for that memory. It hangs in my office. But it's a great memory to, to remind me that your words have power. And you can say what God says and things will happen. Now, during this week, uh, I began to sense in my heart uh, that people that were touched two weeks ago when that move of the Spirit happened, have actually had harassment come against them, like depression, when they have begun to, to feel like it's not happening in their life. Now, Jesus said that Satan will come immediately to try and steal the seed that was sown in the heart. So many of you received words from God, but then Satan has come against you to try and rob that word to try and steal it from you so that you, he puts you into some form of depression. Something has come against you and you've been struggling. <clears throat> Let me tell you a story. Elijah, one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament, had uh, caused a drought, spoken to the weather, caused a drought. God had told him to do it because Ahab... King Ahab and his wife uh, Jezebel were really bad, wicked people. And so he caused the drought over Israel. And God says to him, now I want you to go and break the drought. So he goes and he challenges the 450 prophets of Baal that were serving King Ahab and Jezebel on um, the, the, the famous mountain Carmel. And he says, what we're going to do, we're going to put down an altar here and then... We'll ask our gods to bring fire down to consume the altar. And whoever God brings fire down and consumes the altar and, and everything on it, the sacrifice, we will all serve that God. So they agree. So he says, you guys go first. And so all day, they're cutting themselves, screaming, shouting, carrying on, doing everything, and no fire. Nothing's happening. Okay? They just exhausted themselves. So then right about the evening time, evening sacrifice time, he says, okay, he builds an altar, he puts wood on it, he puts a, a, a bull ox on it, you know. And then he gets water and he pours water all over the sacrifice. I initially thought it was to make it wet and harder for God. <laughs> uh, not true, nothing's hard for God. But water was part of the sacrifice because it was a drought, it would be three and a half years. So he was giving sacrificially. 
was a sacrificial offering he was giving. He calls down fire instantly, comes down, boom, consumes everything, licks up the dust, the stones, and nothing is left, water as well. Then he takes a sword, he kills all 450 prophets of Baal, kills them. Then he goes to pray, and he breaks the drought by faith, and he says, I hear a sound of abundance of rain. And he sends his little servant guy to go to the edge of the horizon to look for the clouds. And he comes back, he said, there's nothing. So Elijah's praying, he sends him again. He comes back and says, nothing. And Elijah says, I hear the sound of abundance of rain, but there's no rain. But he says, but he says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. The guy goes and looks, he comes back, there's nothing. Are you listening to me? You may be looking and not seeing. But you heard God speak. But you're looking and not seeing. He sends him six times. He comes back. There's nothing. Didn't deter him. He said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I can hear it. He says it with his mouth. I believe it's going to rain. I can hear it. Go back. The seventh time he sees a small cloud. Size of man's hand. And he says to the king, you better get down. Storm's coming. So he runs in front of King Ahab's chariot about 20 miles by the spirit in front of him. Beats the horses and chariot. Gets down the mountain. Jezebel freaks out because King Ahab says he killed everybody. He killed all of our prophets. And Jezebel says, I'm going to kill him. This time tomorrow I'm going to kill him. And you know what happens to he? He crawls under a bush. And he asks to die. He says, God, kill me. He's just had this magnificent fire from heaven. Killed 450. We're talking about victory. 450. Called rain when there was no rain. Ran in front of a chariot. We're talking about power, supernatural power manifested like two weeks ago. Gets down to the bottom. Calls up a juniper tree. And says, God, kill me. I want to die. What happened? What happened? Let me tell you what happened. It had nothing to do with Jezebel. It had everything to do with the fact that the anointing lifted for that moment. And he stepped back into the natural. Many times, and I'm sure Cindy can agree with this, when we've operated in the anointing of God, we go to another level. There's another sensation, and you would have known that there's another sensation you go to. It's like, wow, this is amazing. Even when you had pains, the pains go. Then the anointing lifts. You drive home, and you get home, and you go, oh, I obviously didn't get a thing. I don't hear the abundance of rain. I hear the abundance of pain. I can't believe what happened. I can't believe. I thought I was getting a job. But that's a book in the Old Testament. <laughs> and what happens is the, you, the anointing lifts from you. can't live in that condition. The anointing lifted from him. And the difference from operating at that high level to where he was here felt like depression. It felt like depression. You see, when you live in the natural, just the natural every day, it's a tough world. 
That's why you have to continuously stoke up the fire. Stoke up that anointing. Spend time with God. Spend time with God. Build yourself up, and then you go out into the world, and you can be powerful in the name of Jesus and live victoriously. If you don't, you will live like mere mortals. Without God's power upon you, without that anointing upon you, you'll feel like you're sick and depressed every day. You feel like the world's coming to an end. You don't know how in the world you could ever live like that. So that's what happened to him. Was he depressed? Absolutely he got depressed. God had to send an angel to talk with him and give him supernatural food and let him sleep and eat and sleep and eat. That's a wonderful cure. Sleep and eat, sleep and eat, sleep and eat. That's a wonderful cure, especially if you're tired. I'm telling you, it's the truth. God let this guy do it. So here's the thing. I want you to stand to your feet, and I'm going to ask our ministry team to come up because I believe that what I just said was ministering to you, and we want to declare over you the promises that God gave and to believe together with you that they are sure coming to pass as God's will purposed. Are you listening to me? Say, I hear the abundance of rain. Say it again, I hear the abundance of rain. In Jesus' name, what God said will come to pass. I believe it, I receive it, and I speak it out. I have it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you want us to pray for you and uh, confirm, lay hands upon you, have the angel touch you, and reignite you, by all means, come out. Let's pray for you. Have a few minutes. If you were not in that meeting and you want to get ministered to, you can also come on out and we will pray for you. All right? So let's have some music in the background and let's have some prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on down. Come on down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you.